Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. North Cairns Tigers have come from behind here. They've won the game 6-1-37 to 4-5-29 to eight-point winners here in North Cairns Tigers over the Cairns City Lions. Final score here at Kazali Stadium. Mananda Hawks 8-12-60 defeat Central Trinity Reach three behinds. And that's the siren. Good win for the Saints. They remain undefeated with a good win here at the Pink in the Tropics, which is a remarkable day to celebrate all things cancer and some fantastic funds raised. And there's a siren. It's a three-point victory to the South Cairns Cutters. A great contest here at Fretwell Park. Not much between the sides all day. Looked like the Cutters had it won there in the last quarter before Alwyn Davey with two quick goals got it down to three points and there were only about 30 seconds left to play there. The Lions had an opportunity but the Cutters hold on. And we're back. Another episode of the Footy in Paradise podcast joined by my co-host uh, JD. How are you mate? Going well, going well. Great weekend of footy. It certainly was. Uh, we had Pride Round, we had Pink in the Tropics, we had Heartbeat of Football Foundation, uh, we had a local council speak at the ground. Everyone was wearing rainbow socks. Um, there was pink outfits up in port and some cracking games of footy. Absolutely. I think it was uh, firstly great to see five games here at Kazali Stadium, uh, almost a mini festival of football that, that there was plenty on throughout the day. Uh, and then some really good quality contests around the competition as well, which is what we always like to see. Mate, we'll crack straight into the review. Plenty to cover today. I want to start us at Kazali Stadium. Uh, so we had the three women's games. Uh, first up, uh, Souths and Saints. They played each other a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Cutters got the chocolates there quite convincingly, but we knew Saints were undermanned uh, or underwomaned uh, in that game. Uh, they got their big stars back for this one, and they showed what they're you know truly made of and uh, bounced back with a pretty solid win over Souths. Um, a bit of reality check for the competition who probably got a little bit carried away Saints a couple of losses in a row but they put in a really strong performance kept the cutters goalless after they've averaged seven and a half goals per game in the opening four rounds and didn't kick a goal in this one what stood out to you mate? Yeah look I think two things from my side of things firstly and before that we will note there was obviously a fair bit of rain around and, and that look the the, the cutters do like to play that outside game, free-flowing football, but that's not to take anything away from the Saints. I think not only, firstly, did they have um, a, bit, a bit more quality back in their side, but I think even just the way they played as well. They, You said point to prove. I think that was the way that they played as well, that they were really strong around the contest, defensively choked the cutters in terms of their, their game style. And um, look, the cutters really didn't look like they had much of a sniff throughout the game. I think the Saints were just from the start uh, really strong in the contest and, and, and really, as you said, looked like they had a point to prove after the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Finland just couldn't get herself involved. Um, that Saints forward pressure was was top shelf. And look, South had 21 inside 50s for two behinds. Yep. Uh, Saints won the clearance 18 to 1. Uh, it just goes to show uh, they won that midfield battle. Uh, the likes of uh, Brittany Glidden, Talia Smith, Georgie Murphy, uh, Alyssa Gall, Sophie Guinness, uh, Julieta Close herself, all had ripping games, uh, got in and under, won the hard stuff and, and got them going forward. And uh, you were fortunate enough to speak to the captain of the Saints, Julieta Close, after the game. 
Julie had a really strong bounce back from the group today after a couple of losses. What did you think was most impressive about the size performance? Well, we came here knowing it was going to be a really close game considering we lost two weeks ago, but we didn't let our head go down. We came in, we we're focusing on the aggression. We're focusing on making your teammate best on ground and we definitely showed today and we showed not only with the win, but how we got around each other because this round is all about Pride round, which is inclusivity. Everyone is equal, no matter where we come from, what we do, sex, gender, or whatever. And today it's about being proud of where we came from, no matter where, where we came from. Been a talk about the Saints maybe being a little bit off compared to past years, probably after today's performance, just a reminder that you're still thereabouts. Exactly right. We're still back in the game. We're still in the game and we're not going anywhere. All right, mate, into the second game, North versus Lions. Very tight tussle all game. It was a really intriguing one. The crowd got right into it. Uh, Tigers won the clearance, and they just hit the scoreboard when the game was on the line. And a uh, couple of stats that stood out to me, Lions actually won the inside 50, 28 to eight, right? But when North went inside 50 on those eight occasions, they scored 87% of the time. So uh, led by Luana Healy, uh, she kicked a couple of goals. Um, you know, there was plenty of players that, that could have grabbed votes in this game. They were pretty solid across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think North, we obviously saw them uh, up close in the match of the round on Anzac Day. And they, they were impressive that day. They really pushed the cutters all day. Uh, so, so there is a lot of talent in that lineup. And I think that hopefully on the weekend gives them a bit of confidence in that, that game. So, yes... Soundly beaten the inside 50s, but again, that defensive pressure there, that stood up down back, that um, look, Luana Healy didn't put herself in the best, which is which is interesting. I think she was quite influential in the contest, but uh, when opportunities went for, they, they kicked straight. And yeah, as I said, hopefully that's a bit of a confidence building win for them this season. Yeah, doesn't it just show that the evenness across the women's competition mm -hmm. at the moment? You know, we had the cutters flying and they brought back to earth by the Saints who lost a couple on the trot. We know Central's up and about. We'll talk about the game against the Hawks in a sec. Now North are a team that, you know, that's a challenging matchup every week if you're coming up against North. We know City Lions uh, on their day can run and carry and break a game open. So, you know, that's a very even competition at the moment. It's very exciting to watch. Speaking of the Hawks and Centrals, that was our final women's game at Kazali's um, and one-way traffic, mate. Yeah. Um, it was... Hawks were too big, too strong. Uh, they had 10 to 1, forward 50 marks. Uh, if they had a kick straight in the final term, that, that scoreline of uh, 60 plus points could have been a lot worse. And they kicked zero goal seven in the final quarter. Yeah, look, I think it's from the Hawks' perspective, I did flag it on last week's podcast that they had kind of lined themselves up a few weeks to. to at least challenge the cutters. I think they see themselves internally as being one of the real kind of standout sides this year. They've got a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, a few players back into the lineup from last year's side that went so close, obviously, to making the grand final. Um, yeah, internally, I think they are really priming themselves this year, and, and they absolutely showed it on the weekend that even from the first couple of minutes of the game, a really clean transition forward, gold early, um, and you could see that they were really on. And, and had, the credit to the club as well. They, they when, when we talk around the pride round, they themselves had a lot of initiative. Um, a lot of colour on display that, that they really obviously had primed themselves for that day as well so credit to the club from that perspective yeah I want to throw that across the board actually all the, the six women's yep. teams put in effort uh, on prior round they all look fantastic got some awesome uh, group photos uh, on the rainbow which was uh, painted on Kazali's um, so credit to, to all the women's clubs and uh, the umpires as well I thought they they looked great with the long socks and coloured flags so uh, yeah it was 
not much to write home about for centrals. And, you know, Amelia Buckley down back, um, just consistent as always, just trying to stop that consistent flow of uh, Hawks attacks. Uh, Adrian Vivianus, I'm not sure how you spell it, say her last name, I'm giving it a crack there. She was just throwing her body around, uh, trying to have an impact all day, but uh, didn't didn't manage to, to really challenge the Hawks in any way, Centrals. I think if you're trying to play that contested footy brand, Hawks uh, are probably top of the competition yep. uh, for that style of play. I think you know cutters have got that sort of run and carry outside, yeah. uh, but if you're you know if you can get into an arm wrestle with the Hawks, that you know that's what that's what their style's all about, and they're going to win most times. Yeah, and that look the the Hawks loss this year was obviously against the Saints early up, and and that was the way that the Saints managed to get them was that it was tight in the contest for all of the game, and when it opened up in that last quarter, some of the outside runners from the Saints, Georgie Murphy, the like that we've highlighted a few times, that's where they were able to get on top of them. So that's probably something to watch as we go on. Is a uh, yeah, really good point you made is how much can the Hawks keep it inside and use their strength and then marking targets up forward versus how can sides kind of get the outside run um, going on into the back half of the season. All right, mate, into the seniors now. The men, uh, Hawks versus Centrals uh, at Kazali's. Obviously, it was a bit of a late afternoon start. We highlighted uh, in the preview a little concern that Centrals might be coming off a bit of a hangover with the... um, with the Gary Ablett game and everything that was involved, you know, the event and the spectacle that it was coming up against the Hawks, yet to register a win. A bit concerned Centrals might take it a bit lax and start slow, which they certainly didn't. Uh, they proved me wrong and they had a fast start. But I will say the Hawks defense held up really well. They were against the wind in that first quarter. Um, they brought some strong tackling pressure and, you know, obviously the score line was, was one way, but I was actually quite impressed with the Hawks down back. They clogged the space. They were directed well by Jared Harbour and what an impact he has on that team. Um, the, the thing that they were missing, though, is when they struggled to go forward and when they did get their very limited opportunities inside 50, they just missed a few set shots. And if they had a slotted, you know, even 75, sort of 50, 75% of those set shots and put a, just stayed in touch with Centrals a little bit, it could have been a different story uh, at the end of the day. But unfortunately, they just didn't really kick straight. I think they were 1-6 at some stage in the second quarter. But they did hang around. Um, so I think uh, Wayne Siegman will, will be quietly happy um, as a bounce-back performance from what we uh, saw last week against the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, yeah, firstly, from Central side of things, um, some of their good players, again, in, heavily involved and, and touch on through the votes shortly. Um, look, but yeah, Caben Ogilvy, again, really strong around the footy. Uh, we, we've highlighted a few times, they've got that game side. They're always going to be tough to score against because they push their numbers back uh, and then they try and fly forward. So, look, it's always going to be a tough battle for the Hawks. But as you said, the Hawks... Um, it is a positive sign from last week's blowout against the Saints that this week they were able to at least control the contest, get some of that game style. And, and Wayne has, has pointed out a few times, they want to build from a defensive group um, rather than just be so slingshot. And, and if they can get some goals, great, but they know they're going to give up a lot going back the other way. Build from that defensive foundation. And by the looks of things, that's what really did happen on Saturday, which is a positive sign. Yeah, some, some stats just to pull out of that game, which looks pretty good for the Hawks. So... Look, Central's only scored 37% of the time they went inside 50, and that probably says a little bit about Central's execution going inside 50 and and a bit about uh, the defensive pressure that the Hawks are doing getting back behind the ball. Um, The Hawks actually won the last quarter, one goal three to one goal two. So again, that's another promising sign for Wayne Seekman. 
Uh, and just comparing some stats from last week, their Hawks disposal was up about 8%, their tackles are up, their inside 50s are up, and they had almost doubled inside, uh, sorry, double intercept marks. So, uh, looks trending in the right direction after a disappointing week last week, and uh, hopefully we continue to see some improvement from the Hawks. All right, moving on to Fretwell. Cracking game out there, mate. I know you were calling it. It sounded fantastic. South versus Lions in a very close battle all day. Plenty of niggle in this one. Yep. Uh, a couple of big hits involved, a few scuffles. But at the end of the day, South Souths held their composure to get their first W of the season. We talked this game up as a... A must win for them. They stacked their side full of all these superstars and they delivered. They got it done. The game was on the line and they're up against the back-to-back premiers, but they they delivered in that final quarter. Uh, their stars stood up and uh, got ball in hand when it mattered. Your James Boyd was getting those clearances. Uh, Damien Hill was clunking marks and kicking goals. Liam McCarthy was running off half-back. Uh, actually, I thought Rolf was good in the ruck, had plenty of hit-outs advantages, was jumping all over Callahan uh, for much of the day. So, look, a lot to like, a good win for Souths, and, you know, 1-3 and three looks a lot better than 0-4 heading into, I think they play the Hawks next week as well. So, um, yeah, they're back on track for Souths. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I think it was, as you said, it was a really close contest all day, not much between the sides. Um, you pointed out at Rolf and Boyd, I think they inside were dominant all four quarters, that they were, especially Rolf in the ruck, that he obviously had a point to prove against his old side, and he was just jumping all over them, giving them uh, first use of the ball all day. In saying that, it was a really interesting battle. I thought Bo Flint was fantastic for the Lions, that, that his, his mix of inside kind of strength and outside run uh, at least was able to, to keep them in the contest inside and then uh, get their outside runners involved at times. Tim, Tim Eldridge, um, Brandon Deslandis down back, Aaron Davey as well. They at least at times were able to get that kind of back half ball movement going. And to me, that, that was one. I think Darcy Morris performed admirably as one of those lead up four targets. Having um, a great year. He is having a really good year. And look, I think um, that's just, just for me, that's an observation is that that taller target is, is something that, at times that they can be found wanting when they don't have that kind of bomb down the line, just at least get out kick. Um, they really have to try and manufacture it from that, that outside run. Yeah, and when Ty Rainbow works up the field, which yeah. we know he, he, he does put in a lot of effort to get up the field. It was a big run and uh, chase and tackle on Lockie Wallace a few weeks ago. Um, but then it leaves them exposed. Like yeah. there's sort of only small yeah. up and forward. Eddie Cattlecheck, as we've said, Dustin, these guys are Jordan really King, yeah. they're cracking in and having a go. Um, but but they need that bit of time and space. And mm. so that's when when yeah when when South were just dropping numbers back. That was when they found it a bit harder. And and you, you did feel like throughout the game that that the Lions had done really well to stay in the contest with that goal kicking power that they had. Um, but they're always going to be pushed to kind of really competitively stay in it on the scoreboard. Yeah, I think it was three points heading into the final break, uh, and then. Souths, uh, and everyone was fatiguing. You could see it. The game opened up. All of a sudden, there was plenty of space, and it was Lee McCarthy for mine who just uh, grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and and run and carry off half-back and was um, hitting Damien Hill. Uh, I think Souths kicked four straight in the final term. They really had it in the bag until Alwyn Davey just pulled two miraculous goals from either side of the boundary 
uh, or yeah, either boundary um, in the last couple of minutes to give them give them a sniff. But in reality, South probably ran away with it yep. a bit in the final final term. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, it was quite weird at the ground. Those two late goals. I think you kind of, as you said, felt the game was was kind of done. South had had control of it, but you look up the score with three points in it, and there was still a minute to go. There was a chance either side to win. But yeah, as you said, that for me, Liam McCarthy was the difference in that last quarter. Damien Hill obviously kicked the couple of goals early and, and capitalised, but he's Liam McCarthy's out outside run was was fantastic and I was lucky enough to have a chat with him after the game. Liam McCarthy joined here after a really close win for the South Cairns Cutters. Mate, it was a tight contest all day. How are you feeling after that one? Yeah, good. Legs are pretty tired. Um, I only sort of had one on the bench going into that last quarter, so the boys dug in and um, played well. Yeah, I thought that the game really opened up as guys were getting tired and that was where your run and carry really came into it. Um, they're obviously a really strong side. They have been for the last couple of years, but you guys really grounded out some strong performances up forward as well, so it's a, obviously a pleasing win for the side. Yeah, it was good. It's good to get sort of the monkey off the back, I suppose. Um, three losses in a row, sort of. But, nah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, mate. Cheers. All right, mate. Uh, great to hear from Liam there, uh, one of the superstars of our competition. On to Port Douglas now. A very, uh, look, I want to say it's an interesting result, Saints getting uh, the chocolates over Port. Uh, but it probably shouldn't come as a, a surprise to us. They've, they've had a great year so far, knocked off lines out of nowhere in that first round, had a very convincing win over Souths. Um, you know, they're playing good footy. Uh, so they head up up the road to Port. We probably expected Port to win. They're on a good little run. We gave them a pump up in the preview. Um, but Saints just, it was that third quarter. They just stole the momentum, broke the game open. Port had some bad discipline in that, that third quarter. There was a fair bit of niggle in this one as well. And they gave away, you know, two goals, like a double goal essentially, uh, which really opened up the margin. Uh, a few... Interesting ins and outs for both teams. So uh, Wes Glass played his first game this season. So the coach put himself in, um, must have identified it was a big game. I know they were, they were missing a couple of young kids. Uh, so he subbed himself in for the first game of the year. Um, for Port, Petrenko was out. Obviously, that sort of speaks for itself. But up forward, they were really missing their tools. No Nick Salter, no uh, Kai Chapel, no Lee Staple. Uh, so there's some big names there for Port to come back in at some stage this year. Uh, what did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, look, I think from the Saints side of things, it's I think they've flown under the radar a little bit this year. That They're one of the more impressive sides. We knew this game was going to be, be really a, a top-of-the-table kind of clash. But the Saints, in, in all essence, have, it hasn't been any particular individual. I know they've had their goal kickers, obviously, um, that, that have stood out, Zach Straker and um, Adam Gross that have kicked bags, but it's the same names week in, week out that are across the board, nice, even performance from the Saints, which may, means that they fly under the radar a little bit, but they're absolutely up to their eyeballs in terms of the, the contenders this year. Um, from Port side of things, look, I think it's really good that you've highlighted um, Salter, Chapel, Staple. Uh, the times that we've seen them this year, they're, they're really built, and we highlighted it last week, built around having those, uh, especially Salter and Staple, as their targets. Mm. Um, they know that they're bailout kicks, and then the likes of... Um, Jacob Zaboral can, can get to work around them when the ball hits the ground and they can make use of those talented small forwards. So not having them down there really would have changed that forward setup for sure. Yeah, I was very impressed with the Saints midfield. I think that was sort of, it's been Port's strength this year with uh, Sam Fairclough, uh, with 
uh, Jaden White, uh, with Jack Shanahan. Yep. Uh, these blokes just getting in and under, winning a lot of that contested ball. Saints were actually plus 93 in contested possessions, and it was Regan Mish, it was uh, Jack Neal, Hugo Blacker, Cade Wellington up forward. Uh, so they're not just a one-man show. Yep. Dylan McConaughey, we've, we've spoken about him a number of times on this podcast. Yep. Uh, he did have their highest disposals, but only at 21. They are pretty even across the board. Uh, a couple of other interesting stats. Um, we, we spoke about Port, Port's dominance of the inside 50 uh, marks and scoring percentage and just getting inside 50 in general. Uh, so they averaged over 60 uh, inside 50s per game leading into this one, and they only had 38 uh, in the game against Saints. They only scored 37% of the time they went inside 50 when they're normally above 50%, and they only had seven forward 50 marks when they've averaged 20 yeah. this year so far. So credit to the Saints. They, they won the contested ball. Um, they're obviously missing some of those key forwards. was always going to make it hard for Port, but they locked down down backs out, uh, Saints, and they, they got it done. Yeah, look, I think it's, it's obviously a great one to highlight. The, um, the, the inside... I guess dominance from the Saints because I think that's going to be the real big one for sides this year to, to match it and try and beat Port is that if you can I, I guess match them around the footy where they've got that real strength uh, you've got the ability to then to then own a bit of forward possession and uh, it, it's a real key one that, that Port have got those big inside bodies that they've dominated some contests early uh, especially against the Lions and some of those those big games that they've had is that they've just been able to monster teams inside so um, yeah, the more that you can starve them of forward opportunities and it might seem quite obvious but uh, they've got so much talent up forward that you, you give it down there long enough they're going to kick goals um, so if you, if you restrict that you at least keep yourself in the contest and as the Saints did they've got their own talent up in that forward half that were able to, to put a score on the board yeah, they certainly do. Uh, Kay Wellington having an outstanding year. We know what uh, Zach Straker can do. Uh, Adam Gross as well. Uh, I've got a little bit of inside information though, mate. We may not be seeing Adam Gross for a few weeks. So uh, we'll, we'll keep everyone up to date as that progresses. But that could be a, uh, a bit of a turning point for the Saints this year. We know how influential he is on that forward line, um, how damaging you can be on the scoreboard. All right, mate, we're going to move on. That's that's the review of the games on the weekend. But I also want to quickly mention, do a quick wrap of the, the new Division 3. We had our first round on Friday night. Uh, went amazing. There was great numbers out there. Uh, North Cairns, you know, open up the bar. There was plenty there viewing uh, the games and having a beer. And uh, all four teams had strong numbers. I think sort of six on the bench for every team. And... Um, you know, some good games as well, you know, challenging uh, conditions. We got a bit of rain on Friday, but uh, didn't didn't stop people from coming out. So great way to start our Division 3. Another one this Friday night out at Crathen Park. Uh, so again, there's still spots open. If anyone's interested in having a kick, then please get in touch. All right, mate. Tribal MVP votes. We know we're getting a bit of traction on these now. The word's getting around to a few of the players, and there's a bit of chirp going on, which is exactly what, what we like to see. Uh, we'll kick off with the women again. Over to you. Absolutely. So, firstly, look, North unlucky to only get one 
player in the votes given their victory. But again, we, we, we've highlighted it was a strong team performance on the day by North Cairns. Sadila Chris was one of their standout performers all day over four quarters though. Um, so fantastic. Uh, has been in the votes earlier this year as well or in, around the representative squad as well. So a really strong start to the season, which is fantastic. Uh, from the Cairns Saints side of things, we had two representatives nominated. Uh, Talia Smith, who kicked the goal and, and fantastic pressure around the footy and Brittany Glidden, who's been a star to start the year, a star of this competition. So Talia had the two votes, Brittany with the three. Uh, from an underside of things, they were, again, a dominant performance. So there were a few players that, that could have been inc included. And our four votes go to, to Chris Hunt. And the only reason she didn't get five was probably just the kicking in front of goal. So she had 19 possessions, um, which, is, which is fantastic. And kick zero goals, five, but five scoring shots just shows the dominance and control influence that she had on the game. Uh, her teammate though, the five votes, Eliza Crop, four goals. Um, yes, it was a strong team performance, but four goals is always gonna be an influential performer on the contest. So they are our tribal MVP votes for the women competition, Eliza Crop with the five. And some good goals as well from Eliza, well done. Uh, over to the men, uh, again, tough just picking five. I'm gonna say it every week because it, it bloody is. One vote, Cayman Ogilvy. Uh, he had 42 touches, 11 contested, 14 marks, six clearances, eight inside 50, and two goals. If that's not stuck in the stat sheet, I don't know what is. Well done, uh, Cayman having a great year, probably best for Centrals so far, uh, I would say. Two votes, we spoke about him earlier, Bo Flint. Uh, standout performance for the Lions in a tough loss. He had 28 at 85%, 13 contested, seven clearances. Uh, hit for mine, best on for the Lions for sure. Just in and under all day. Uh, gives 100% every game. Well done to Bo Flint. Three votes went to Damien Hill for his five goals, but importantly, two in that final term when the game was on the line and it really mattered. He stood up tall and uh, he kicked a couple of cracking goals. Four votes goes to Cade Wellington. Uh, for mine, probably the best on ground in what was a very even performance from both sides. There was no superstar standout player, but uh, Cade Wellington sort of influence and uh, ability to win games for the Saints uh, is really standing out this year. I know he's loving his time up forward. He had 18 touches, 11 contested, five tackles and four goals, which is a pretty bloody good uh, for a small forward. Um, five votes though goes to uh, Liam McCarthy from South he is just growing into this year getting better and better every week he had 37 touches at 70% and 9 inside 50s um, very influential for mine won the game for South in that final term uh, just got the ball off half back run and carry when everyone else is fatigued and got it inside 50 with quality uh, disposal so uh, well done to Liam McCarthy the five tribal MVP votes uh, for this week uh, a few blokes I want to mention they're a bit stiff not to get votes Jack Shanahan again just doing Shanahan things nine clearances six tackles 25 possessions James Boyd uh, you know, he had 41 and, and seven clearances. Darcy Morris, we spoke about. I thought Lockie Wallace was excellent down back for Centrals. Uh, he is a, a very good player off half back, great set of hands. And, and Jack Neal for the Saints had a ripping game as well. So, look, plenty of names we could throw in there. So there's a few blokes stiff, but uh, they're my five votes. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, keep the numbers going up. It lets us um, hopefully buy a bit of a bit of a studio and get some more guest speakers in and uh, continue to improve uh, similarly if you've got any ideas for segments any comments anything you want us to discuss uh, then please send it in uh, throw it in the comments 
Uh, anything to close, mate? Uh, not much else. The other thing we will just say, we had a chat with Jenner O'Hay and Marcus McDonald Camden from AFL Queensland. So looking forward to playing that on Thursday and, and, and hearing what they have to say around the women and girls growth in the region. Perfect. Have a great week. This podcast series will take our listeners through the latest news, results, stats, and exciting matchups across the AFL Cairns competitions. This podcast contains the thoughts and opinions of our presenters and isn't necessarily represented across the organisation.